Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I am super excited to have our, our guest, Ellie Perlman, with us today. So on this show, I interview uh, incredible, badass real estate investing women to share their stories with us and their their triumphs and their stumbles and so that we can learn. And uh, I try to get the most incredible women I can on the show. And today is certainly no exception. I'm super excited to have Ellie with us. We're we're actually in a, we started a mastermind together recently. So she's one of my mastermind sisters and uh, I'm excited to introduce her to you and share her with you today. She is a real estate investor who owns over 2,000 units across the United States worth over $250 million. She started her career as a commercial real estate lawyer. So like me, she's a former lawyer. And uh, she was uh, she was leading commercial real estate transactions for Africa Israel, Israel's largest development company, and later as a property manager for one of Israel's most prominent oil and gas companies. Also, she oversaw properties worth over a hundred million dollars. So she's has some badass experience, and she's the founder of C and CEO of Blue Lake Capital, a real estate investing firm specializing in multifamily investments. There, she helps investors grow their wealth and get double-digit returns by investing alongside of her in large multifamily deals that they otherwise normally wouldn't have access to. So, I'm super excited to have her with us today. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, I'm really, really happy to to be here today and uh, and also see you. We're recording this, so it's uh, always great to connect with you. And today is no exception. Well. Likewise, likewise. So on the show, we share, um, you know, guests share their stories. And I like to start at the beginning. So how did you get started in real estate investing? Um, I actually started uh, years ago um, as a passive investor. And um, I was always in real estate. I, I as you mentioned, you, uh, you know, t was describing my bio. Um, I was in real estate as a lawyer, as a property manager, and, you know, basically I was always around real estate and I knew I would, that, that, that was my future and I wasn't sure in what capacity exactly. Um, so from the legal side, I kind of moved to the operational side and then shifted back to investing. Um, but, you know, I think investing for me as a limited partner was uh, a, you know, mind opening experience. And it, um, that's basically how I started. So where, where was your first deal? Cause you're originally from Israel. You live in mm -hmm. the U S now. So where, where did you first invest? Tell us a, a bit about that first investment that you did. Um, well, I actually invested, um, here in the U S so in Israel, it's a bit different. Um, we don't have the opportunity to invest uh, we don't have the access to invest um, in the, the deals that we found uh, here. And uh, I started investing in multifamily, actually, um, with a syndicator who is um, a really big syndicator. And that's a great way to learn about multifamily investing. Also, um, you don't have to figure everything out on your own. You can let other people manage your money, but it, it you know, allows you access to information so you can actually, at, you know, ask, you know, whatever you want to ask. You can see how um, they, 
what the business plan is, why they chose the, the specific property, why the specific market. So um, that, that was basically it. Um, so I was actually, I don't, I don't own anything in, back in Israel. So everything, everything that I own is here in the U.S. Okay. All right. And I, I want to echo that because that's how I started in with multifamily as well as a passive investor. And you're right. It is a great way to, to learn and to get into that game. So now you are on the active side. You're, the, you're syndicating. Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? And what, what made you decide to become a syndicator? Um, so it's actually an interesting story. Um, I was uh, working, uh, I was in California, in Los Angeles, working in a tech company. And um, at some point, there was no more work for me because my team was disbanded. The company was not doing very well. Um, and I was also getting very bored. It wasn't really, uh, it was a very, very easy six-figure job. And I was just not intrigued. And I came to a realization as I was negotiating with other companies um, that I should own my own path. And if, um, if I want someone to... Um, kind of measure my potential and write a check i prefer not to be my paycheck i prefer to be an investor investing with me and um that basically when i was transitioning to a new job i decided to stop the process and you know take a take a, a few moments and kind of try to understand where i want to go from there and the answer was owning my own business and i was always in real estate so i decided to um, to make it a full-time and transition um, to active investing. And I actually, I got a mentor. Uh, I paid a lot of money and I, uh, I found someone who, um, I, I just liked how he grew in, in the space and I liked his spirit. And um, I realized that no matter how much I pay for the mentorship program, it's probably going to prevent me from making mistakes. They're going to cost me more and kind of accelerate the process. So. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, it's an investment like, like anything else. It's so easy to lose money in real estate. Um, so easy to make a 50,000, $100,000 mistake and having someone who can walk me through the process, can teach me everything, uh, for me was, was invaluable. So that's, um, that's how I actually started syndicating deals. That's awesome. And when did you actually get started? Uh, that was a few years back. Um, I think, I don't remember the exact timing, but I was also in the market for a while um, looking for deals and analyzing. It took me some time to learn, but I was okay yeah. not rushing into the first deal um, and making sure that, you know, I know what I was doing and, and that I'm hundred uh, percent. I know what, what's happening with the deal. I have the numbers should work and what's a good deal. What's not a good deal. And, what I should pay attention to, uh, for instance, if I'm being uh, a very optimistic with the rent growth, that can really affect the numbers. So yeah. the market is is doing very great, very well now, uh, and rents increase in some markets even some markets even five to seven percent every year. But I can't assume it's the, the same is going to happen in the next five years. I have to be pessimistic and realistic because we're kind of at the top of the market. So all these small it seems to be uh, you know small things it took me a while you know I'm, I'm kind of a nerd and i 
I lack information. I feel very um, secure and and um, when I have information. Um, so that for me, that was you know, that that's how I, I do things. And maybe it's my legal background. I just love information. I think I just didn't want to do anything active and take you know. Um, responsibility for anyone for my investors money before I was I knew what I was doing oh yeah I totally get that <laughs> same <laughs> right? thing yeah um yeah it's so it's so smart when you are it's one thing to make a fifty hundred thousand dollar mistake with your own money it's another exactly. thing exactly somebody else's money mm -hmm. that is what really keeps you up at night I, I know myself um you know from as a syndicator that it's like I I I am too. It's like really, it was really important to invest a lot in mentorship and really important to study a lot, really important to know what you're doing because, um, you know, you, you're, when you're a steward of other people's money, it's yeah. our hard earned, you know, energy, uh, life or energy, then it's, you have to, you have to treat it as well as you can. I know. And a, a lot of guys actually like more risk and there's nothing wrong with it as long as, everyone who's investing with them, you know, everyone is aware of the risk that is involved with it. I think women, I don't know if I'm generalizing, but I think women in general are, are more risk, risk averse. And especially, you know, I, I went to, to law school. So everything, I see everything through a legal prism um, of, you know, what are all the bad things that can happen? And I, how can I prevent it from happening and protect myself? That's how a lawyer thinks like when they when a lawyer writes down a contract because you need to you know cover all your bases and think what all the bad scenarios that could happen with you know to my client in that relationship how can i protect him or her and that's how i think i basically think okay what happens if uh, rents drop what happens if we'll need more money for renovation what happens if there's going to be more new construction in the area and that's going to be a competition so um can definitely relate. I want to be able to sleep at night. This is not why I started my own business. So I can't sleep. <laughs> so it's more stressful than any job, but it, it couldn't be more rewarding. Yeah, I hear you. Um, when it's going well, it's like the best. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, highs are high. Not quite a plan. Yeah. Or low. Yeah. Um, so you are all about multifamily. So tell me, uh, what, why you, why you really like multifamily as an asset class for investing? Um, I love multifamily. I actually, um, most of my investment is, is as an active investor, as a syndicator, also as a passive investor, um, mostly multifamily also in other asset classes, but I love multifamily because I can see the trend and the trend is actually moving away from single family homes and into apartment buildings for two reasons. One, you have millennials and um, they they don't want to live in houses anymore like, like the uh, previous generation um, because they delay the marriage age and they want to have the flexibility of moving around and to open to new experiences and new job opportunities. So the demand for apartment buildings is actually increasing um, on the other hand, you also have the baby boomers that are scaling down, selling their homes, moving to either condos or, you know, very comfortable um, apartment buildings where everything is being taken care of. 
Um, so I definitely see this trend. Um, I like also the economies of scale. You don't buy one door, you know, one contract and, and you know, uh, one uh, loan for one unit. You can do the same for 100 units and it's much easier to acquire 20, 50, 100 doors than to acquire 20 or, you know, um, different single family homes. Um, and then, you know, offices, I think, are more sensitive to the cyclicality of the market. So if there's going to be a shift, businesses are going to get hurt. And um, unless you have a, a serious anchor tenant like Microsoft, uh, yeah. you can you can really feel it and it could be very painful. So I think everyone needs a place to live. And I just think it's a safer um, asset class, probably the safest. Um, and I like to be in a class B so buildings in the 80s, 90s, um, actually 90s to the early 2000s, because they're among multifamily, um, uh, you know, different uh, types of, you know, uh, so we, ha we have class A, B, and C, and sometimes even D, some people say. Um, I just, I don't like the two extremes. I don't really like the high-end buildings, class A, because they're very sensitive to corrections, um, they yeah. get hit the hardest. A lot of people are migrating because um, they can't afford the high rent, rent, so they go to class Bs. And then some Cs are great, but then class Ds, you know, in uh, crime areas, it's not really where you yeah. want to be in, in my opinion, in any stage of the cycle. I don't want to deal with um, drug dealers and, and, and hookers, you know, I, I don't want to go to gun to collect rent and I don't want to send anyone to do that for me. So yeah, it takes a very, very brave person to, to do class D. Yeah. Um, there, it can guess you can get some good returns, but it is dangerous. <laughs> so. Yeah. High risk, high reward. You know, they're not bad. They're good for certain type of investors. I'm just not, just not one of them. Yeah. So. Me neither. Me neither. I hear you. So, um, you know, one of the questions that I love to ask, because I feel like you get, you learn so much more when things don't go right than we do when uh, when it's smooth sailing. And so I, I always ask all my guests, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? My biggest mistake, I don't want to say, um, I usually don't like to look back and think what if, you know, could have, should have, would have. Um, definitely moving. Uh, yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've done um, was and that's the answer. The answer I'm not going to give you, and and that that's starting syndicating deals and buying multifamily early on. Um, you know, right after the crash around 2011, I think that was a great market. But you, you always know that in high. So that's not the answer I'm going to give you because I don't like to look back. <laughs> and say, oh my God, why didn't I do that? That was a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, so the answer I will give you about my biggest mistake was um, to, you know, with some investors, because I'm, I'm also raising money for my deals, um, the biggest mistake was actually um, not to kind of, I, I wanted to keep some investors for the next deal. So, I decided to raise money. I was partnering with another company and I said, okay, I'm going to raise certain amount, X amount of money. And 
once I got to that level, I actually raised more than I initially, you know, thought that that I, I would do. And I had more investors and I decided to keep them, you know, on the kind of um, for the next deal. And I said, hey, they'll wait for me. I rather have them on the next deal. So instead of bringing all of them to the current deal and what happened was that by the time I had the next deal, they already invested in another deal and I lost, you know, they, they were open to invest, you know, in the future and some of them came back, but I lost that opportunity. It was a window of opportunity. They had money, they were willing and eager to write a check. And I thought, hey, I'm just going to spread out the investors, bring some to this investment. And the other ones, they're probably going to wait a few months to the next one. And uh, it's not what happened. I think that's one of the things that I'm, one of my biggest mistakes is I, I just lost some investors there. Yeah. So sometimes people have windows when they're ready mm -hmm. and available to invest certain chunks of money. And so being able to take advantage of the right window yeah. um, when the when there's an, a willing investor and an, a, and an opportunity that would match them, then take it going for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a good lesson. Um, and so the, the flip side of mistake is what are you most proud of? Um, what I'm most proud of is, um, shifting from, you know, ma making the, a change in my life. Um, I was born to a very uh, poor family. I was the oldest of four kids and uh, my mom was very sick. Uh, growing up, I basically raised my, um, my sisters and little brother. And um, being successful was not in the stars for me. That was not something that that was uh, reasonable. Um, I got married at the age of 19 and I was married for almost 10 years. Um, and I was struggling. I, I remember we didn't really have money to pay for even bread. Uh, so we needed to borrow money. Um, and I worked really, really hard and I, I, um, I worked three jobs. Um, and you know, I, I did whatever I could to get into a good law school. Cause I, I knew that education was my way out of, you know, the, my kind of, um, my financial situation. And it wasn't easy because around me, all I saw was people who told me I was a dreamer, that I was, um, life is hard and I should not expect, you know, too much of life. And I just rejected that. I refused to listen to it. And I, you know, I really believe in creating your own reality. I really believe that what you tell your brain is, is what, you know, your brain is going to broadcast this new reality and you're going to make decisions consciously and subconsciously to make, you know, to adjust to that new image that you have. Um, and it took me about two years to get into law school because I really wanted to go to one of the best law schools in Israel, not to just any law school. Um, and um, got, I did uh, master's and a bachelor and master's degree in four years and started working for a really uh, big law firm and was part of really huge deals, real estate deals. Um, and uh, after several years, I decided to, um, to move to the US and I went to business school in Boston, I uh, went to MIT and 
it wasn't easy to get in. And again, people told me, you know, MIT is very competitive and uh, it's going to be a stretch. And I said, let's do it. That's, uh, I, I learned to get excited uh, when people thought that something was really hard to achieve or impossible. And there's nothing impossible. I don't think there's anything that is impossible. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud of um, being able to shift from uh, a 16 years old, you know, girl who was in boarding school and saw, uh, you know, drug abuse and and um, kids who thought that being part of a gang is a way of of life and from you know being able to see through all of that and not touch any of those things and focus on school and knowing that through education I can change my life. Um, that's uh, that's I think one of the things that pushed me and and um, I always. I always aim for more. I always think that what I do is not enough because I want to get to the next level and the next level. And I'm always going to be that, um, you know, that girl in, in boarding school um, without, with you know, from a poor family. It's kind of a state of mind, but it's, it's not in a bad way. It's not in a negative way. It's positive because I've been there and I've seen what it's like to grow up without money and, um, I never want to be in that place, and that makes me work even harder. And I don't really need to work today, but there's no way I'm not going to get up in the morning and try to find a new, you know, way to make money and a new deal and kind of um, reach to higher heights every day. But for me, that that's exciting. Wow, that is exciting. That's an inspiring story, and. Um... And see why you would be very proud of that, of all, of all the things that you've been able to do, given having, you know, a lot of perceived strikes against you. Uh, um, so you might have already answered this next question is, with what you, what you were just sharing, but, you know, maybe there's a different nuance. To what do you attribute your success? Um, definitely to my, my past and, and, you know, my background, but also my parents, they had nothing to give me, but they gave me the best gift. And that's kind of, uh, it's a strong belief in my abilities. And my parents always, always, always told me there's nothing you can't do. If yeah. you put your mind to something, you will do it. And that's why I believe I can do anything. That's why, you know, getting to MIT from a, you know, poor family and, in, in Israel, for me, it looked, you know, you know, why wouldn't I be able to do that? Or, you know, buying a $50 million apartment building, why wouldn't I be able to do that? Um, so that's, you know, I think that's one of the things that actually contributed the most to my success, just how, how much my parents believed in my abilities. And I think that was actually worse than any, you know, amount of money that they could have given me. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told him that, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I should. So I should have, call my mom right after call this. After this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that really does make a difference. I think, uh, my, yeah, I had, my mom always told me that, too. She's like, Monique, you can do anything you want. She would always say, you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. And um, and that, that really makes a difference. Yeah. Know, so... It is a blessing to have had that. So I guess you were very rich with that. Yeah, that, that can exactly. get you anything. 
Um, what advice do you have for a woman just starting out in real estate? Um, I would say find someone that you like and try to learn from them. Um, I think there's always a way to add value to anybody. So if you want to kind of learn, um, you know, I, I'm a huge, you know, it worked for me. So I think hiring a mentor is, can really boost your, um, uh, you know, your, your career in real estate or in anything else, especially specifically in real estate. And, um, I think you can always find ways to add value. Um, if you, you know, you find someone that you trust, you like what they, they do, you want to do what they do, uh, reach out and ask to, to sit down for a cup of coffee. Sometimes one conversation can change your life. Um, I met a guy a few months ago in, in LA and I went to a meetup called out of state, uh, investing. And he was, I, I met him, we were ch chatting. He was super excited about the fact that he's going to buy a, um, a duplex out of state. He, he ran the numbers. He liked them and he was about to fly in a few days to walk the, to see the property and, and, and buy it. And I told him, why don't you buy multifamily? You know, why, why start small? And he said, yeah, one day I want to do what you do, but I'm not there yet. I want to, you know, graduate and do that, but I need some experience. And I told him that's probably very, I mean, it's, it's very different buying two doors and 50 doors. You can't really learn much from the two doors and you can just partner with someone, find someone that you like, give them, you know, help them in some way, find your way into that. And, um, three months ago, he called me and he said, I just closed the deal. I don't remember the numbers exactly. Um, uh, several hundred, uh, several million dollars. I helped, uh, I found a syndicator. I helped this guy raise money and I got in and I'm part of the general partnership. And awesome. he took me out to dinner just to say, thank you. He basically said what you did, that conversation we had at that meetup in West LA changed my life. He ended up, he didn't buy that duplex. He just went straight to what he wanted to do years down the road for him. That's what he thought he would get there, you know, years ago. So just find someone, just, you know, have a phone call, a chat, you know, a chat, coffee, whatever. Um, and like this guy did, he found someone that he wanted to work with and, I didn't have a deal at that time, so he, he also wanted to work with me, but he found someone that did, and he, and he made, you know, he found a way to add value to that person. He brought capital to the deal, and now he's doing deals. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's such great advice. Oh, Ellie, thank you. Um, <laughs> Before uh, we go into our famed end of podcast, Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude and desire, I want to ask, what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more about what you're doing? Well, you can Google Ellie Perlman. Um, Ellie is E-L-L-I-E. -E, and you can, you know, probably see my, uh, my website there. It's um, ellieperlman.com. Um, and, and Perlman is P-E-R-L-M-A-N. Yeah. So it's E-L-L-I-E-P-E-R-L-M-A-N. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, it's just Ellie at ellieperlman.com. All right. Fantastic. So um, what, 
where it's time for our trinity. So what is your brag? What is my brag? I think I've bragged enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> it feels to me. Uh, yeah, you're just sharing your story. It's just your story's pretty badass, but. I, um. I think I think that's enough for you know for bragging today. Just from uh, you know being able to go to to get admitted to you know one of the top law schools in Israel and then you know get into MIT. I think that's enough of a brag for me because um, I wasn't I wasn't part of the you know in all of those top schools you have people that come from a very specific background and I was a bit different. Um, so that's I think that it would. I think that's enough of, of a brag. I mean, no, give us give us a recent brag, something. A recent, recent brag. Yeah. Um, a recent brag was um, I closed. So I partnered with another company, um, and we closed a um, a fifty million dollar apartment building deal. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, four hundred three hundred ninety eight units in the Dallas area. Um, it's funny because I was. I was uh, bidding for for that deal, and then realized that um, that my mentor was bidding for the same deal, and he ended up getting it. Um, and then we we partnered on it. So fantastic! Yeah, that's that's a great deal. It's a, a a beautiful property. I'm very proud of it. Oh well, well bragged. And <laughs> what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for um, my son, Corny, but for my husband, um, which is not the same husband that I had when I got married at 19 back in Israel. It's a whole, it's a new husband. I uh, <laughs> get married uh, in uh, the beginning of September of this year. So I'm very grateful for him because um, he keeps me, you know, grounded um, and in a way that, uh, many times when you have big dreams, you're very, I'm, I'm at least very stressed sometimes if I don't get it uh, in the time frame that I want, which is many times, um, I don't want to say non-realistic, but very, very aggressive. Uh, so he uh, makes me see things from a more neutral perspective um, and put things, you know, in perspective Um and he believes in me and supports me in any possible, in every possible way. So I'm very, very grateful for him. Mm, beautiful. And finally, what, what is one desire? What, what is my one desire? What is, uh, what is one desire? I'm assuming you probably have more than one. <laughs> 10,000 units. 10,000 units? Okay. Folio with 10,000 units, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Amen. Yes. All right. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie. Um, thanks for being here. And if you want to connect with her again, you can go to ellieperlman.com, E-L-L-I-E-P-E-R-L-M-A-N dot com to uh, connect with her and want to connect with me go to reigoddesses.com there you can check out our um our, our programs we have a an education and a mentorship program if you're if you are looking for mentoring and real estate ladies um and then you should definitely check it out under programs and if you click under invest you can find out about our investor club and investment opportunities um 
like the ones we've been talking about. So that's me. And uh, thank you again, Ellie. This was awesome. And join us next time where we have another badass real estate investing goddess interview. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you, Monique.